This is the Linda Steele Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back. All day long, we've been talking about Justin Trudeau and his new cabinet being sworn in. So we know who's in charge of the key economic portfolios. The question is now, what can you expect from the new Liberal government when it comes to economics and finance? We all want to know that. To answer that question, let's bring in the host of Canada's number one rated financial show, Michael Campbell. Michael, what's your first take on this new cabinet? Well, the good news is that they had several people to choose from that had an economic background or something in finance and business. And it starts with everybody wants to know who's the new finance minister. Well, Bill Morneau is a Toronto businessman, but he was also the head of the C.D. Howe Institute, which does a lot of really good research on kind of the economic issues. Uh, Then you go to the trade minister, uh, Christia Freeland. Now, I, her background, I know, is just a journalist, so I don't know exactly how she ended up in that one. Uh, the minister in charge of innovation, science, economic development has a great background, uh, Navdeep Baines. He's been an MP, by the way. He was MP from 2004 to 11, but he is a certified management accountant, a financial accounting analyst uh, for years at Ford Motor Company, so that's a, you know, that's a good background. Scott Bryson, well, I think the name's very familiar right. because he's been in politics, I think it's 1996 for him. He's been in cabinet before, but now he's the head of the Treasury uh, Board. He's the president there, and that's going to vet government spending. Uh, but he also had a background before he entered politics of owning his own business. So, yeah, you've got some people there and others in cabinet also, but not in economic portfolios. Yeah, big key positions. What do you expect from this group? Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting. There wasn't a lot of changes suggested by the Liberals in their campaign. I expect them to be a small-c conservative. In other words, they're going to stay the course. I mean, there's uh, the one big thing that they kept talking about, I think every television ad mentioned, that they're going to increase taxes, mm-hmm. income taxes, on the 264,000 Canadians who make over 220000 per year. That's the so-called top 1%. And then they're going to have some reductions for the middle class, uh, which, by the way, the middle class, New York Times did a lot of research on this in June, I think it was, and we have the richest middle class in the world. They're about to get a tax break. But other than that, like, I'm not looking for any reset of taxes, and I think we actually need it. Instead, uh, you know, because we get this constant tinkering. We have all these uh, tax credits, which I didn't agree with with the uh, conservative government. I don't think they're effective tax policy. Uh, and they do have the in the Liberal caucus, uh, you know, some people with the talent to kind of understand this issue, but I still don't see that they're going to have much stomach for doing any sort of wholesale changes, you know, the kind of tax regime that would be most effective for economic growth, which, by the way, would mean that uh, you would go far more to, uh, you know, like a GST-style tax and away from discouraging taxes like corporate taxes or income taxes, which are have the most distortion for economic growth. I mean, the research is very clear on that. Hey, there's one thing here, though, Linda, is kind of interesting. Uh, when Mr. Morneau takes over finance, well, you know, the C.D. Howe Institute did some great research on the size of the federal uh, pension liabilities, mm-hmm. public sector pension liabilities are $244 billion, not mentioned during the campaign by any party because it's not comfortable, but interesting to see there. Also, he was on Kathleen Wynne's uh, Ontario pension plan uh, sort of blue ribbon panel looking yeah. into that. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Canada Pension. Yeah, indeed. You know, so many promises made by Justin Trudeau on the campaign trail. What do you think the government's priorities are going to be? 
Well, it's, it, it, I know what they should be. I mean, they're going to do this, you know, when their first budget comes in, they will do this higher taxes on the, the top 1%, $220,000, which means, by the way, you can't even qualify for a mortgage for a single detached home in Vancouver. Jeez, but anyways, true. that's what they're going to do. But where they should be looking at, and I think they will, Mr. Trudeau, I think I, I give him a pat in the back for already talking about the Trans-Pacific Trade Deal. I know he's, uh, it was at least reported that he talked to the Japanese Prime Minister Abe about supporting and the benefits of the deal. I think that's where they're going to have to look. You know, what, you know, we're out of the campaign now. We can be much more rational about this stuff. I think the Liberals will know they do not have a choice, given that uh, you know President Obama is on board with that deal for Canada to be involved in it. So how are the markets reacting to the new Liberal government? Well, it's interesting. I mean, there's been basically no reaction. That's always what we want to see. Was there a big reaction? No, there wasn't. We still have the Canadian dollar in the doldrums there between 75 and 77 cents. Uh, you know, we still have the uh, central bank's uh, projection of 1.1% 1, 1. growth this year, 2% next year. I don't think anybody's changing that. But it comes with this. I mean, again, during the campaign, there was all this kind of, well, really was nonsense talk about how powerful the PM could potentially be. Well, no, they can't. I mean, they don't control China's growth, and that's been a big problem for our resource sector, which the Bank of Canada correctly points out is the problem in the Canadian economy. Still have the EU a mess. Really interesting to see, by the way, what's going to happen to equalization payments. I mean, yeah. Alberta's in the tank now. That's who is you know, the main contributor to equalization. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that plays out. Um, one of the latest uh, stories we got in the last couple of days was this massive capital outflow of Canada, money moving out of Canada. We were the worst in you know, the Western world on that, that's not going to help things at all. And it's kind of like the campaign's over. All the smile and feel-good phrases aren't going to change the reality that it's a very difficult global environment for Canada to operate in. So sunnier days are not here as we're <laughs> Well, Mr. economically, <laughs> what, what we've got is cloudy. It's not pouring rain, but it's cloudy. I mean, again, we don't set oil prices, so that's not going to recover it, you know, in any short time uh, since. Uh, and I think it is, by the way, we're at a period just because it's more difficult now in the world where good economic policy is going to be the key. I'll obviously be watching that very closely, but they do have some people who know the difference between good policy and political wishful thinking. Yeah, all Canadians will be watching closely. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Linda. Uh, So Michael has his eye on the new federal cabinet, and so do we. And here is your last chance to get in on our listener line concert ticket uh, promotion today. We're talking about the gender quota that Justin Trudeau employed to get 15 members of his cabinet uh, to be women out of 30. What do you think about gender quotas? Give the listener line a call, 604-331-2777. You leave your name and number because we're giving away tickets to someone today to the Matthew Good concert at the Vogue Theatre on either November 13th or 14th. That's presented by Live Nation. The listener line again, 604-331-2777. When we come back, our weekly Hacks and Flax segment with an eye on today's swearing-in ceremony. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.